What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Run Your Mouth Podcast. You guys can let me know if I uh, actually have sound on today. We had a pretty epic fail yesterday. Uh, normally, I have all sorts of fail-safes in place to make sure that I don't do a half hour just to myself and my neighbors. And it's mostly, I, I view the comments and people tell me if the sound's on, not on. But yesterday, I was flown. I was channeling the wisdom of the universe. Words were coming out of my mouth and I was in the back of my head just thinking, man, I'm really getting my points across today. I don't want to look at those comments. I don't want to check nothing. I want to make sure that I just channel this antenna that's on and focused with the universe and get it direct to the people. And so we did about a half hour with no sound on. Uh, but today, we got a full episode coming at you. It's actually yesterday's episode. We're, we're rehashing yesterday's episode. We'll see uh, We'll see how we'll do. Uh, and of course, it's brought to you by Yo Kratom, home of the $60 kilo because when, when you have frustrating times like spending a full half hour realizing that you, you didn't do anything other than talk to yourself and your walls, you want to make sure you got some Kratom on hand. And you know where you get it from? YoKratom.com, the only place you can get an entire kilo for exactly $60. Uh, all right, so let's get into some topics. Uh, oh, actually, before we do, uh, um, come out this Wednesday night. I got my weekly show at Cafe Bohemia. I uh, got a whole bunch of stand updates coming out, and for all the people come coming up to me after shows saying nice things, I appreciate you, even if I'm running around trying to grab gear really quick, and it seems like I don't appreciate you, I really like you, so just know that. You come over, you say hello, and I'm like, that guy's a nice guy. He said nice things. This came out that my thank you yesterday was better. No one's going to ever hear it, but it was a better it was a better thank you to the random people that said hello. All right, let's get into some topics. Uh, we don't have any sound drops, because for some reason, my expensive... Tascam Mixcast 4 just doesn't work with my computer anymore. And I know there's one guy in the chat who's like, you know, we got tech support. You can just call us. You can just figure this out. I'm, I'm, we're going. We're going. It's enough complaining about the tech that's not working. Let's get into these topics. What do we got for today? Why consuming plastic might not be enough to give your child a larger dick and how, how Coca-Cola might help. So last week we were onto it. Apparently, this is the greatest health claim ever made by the uh, large chemical factories that are producing our foods. Actually, when I was in uh, Buffalo, right next to the comedy club, you had these giant smoke towers. 24-7, they're making Cheerios. The town literally smells like Cheerios. You walk outside, you go, I recognize that sugary smell. And then you just think about how many chemicals, like just think about how many boxes of cereal are on every shelf every day that they've got to run a giant factory 24-7 just to make sure that, you know, people are getting their proper doses of sugar. But anyways, people are starting to get onto this stuff. They're realizing just how unhealthy is all the food that we're cranking into our kids, putting on our shelves, drinking soda on a daily basis. The information's starting to get out there, and they're trying to figure out, well, how can we get away with this story? And so you know what their newest claim is? Well, first they started by saying that plastic was going to give you a bigger, longer dick. And so I'm out here every day, right in my smoothie. I just throw a credit card in there. I blend it up. I take that thing down. I, and I'm, I, at some point, I'm going to be seeing my kids... And I'll be like, you can you can thank your father or grandfather for that at that point. I don't know how many generations down the line it's going to be until my kids get bigger penises. But I'm, I'm running those miles. I'm eating that plastic on a daily basis. I am doing my part. And here's what's great about that claim. Am I ever going to actually know if my kids had bigger dicks? I won't know what my kids' dicks were supposed to look like. I mean, I guess I could compare them to mine, but that's pretty weird. What, are you going to have a family get-together? You make each generation pull out their wieners and see if your plastic consumption is working its way down the line and kids are having bigger dicks. You're sitting there at the morning breakfast table and you're like, have you had your proper allotment of plastic? Because, you know, I did my part to make sure that you'd have a bigger wiener. 
And so you better do the same to pay it forward to your grandkids. I don't want you just blowing this uh, bigger wiener, uh, 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 what do they call it when you got the all the money from trust fund? I worked hard for it. And so then Coca-Cola saw that what was going on with the plastic claims and like, oh, we got to get into this too. Because if everyone's going to have bigger, longer dicks, you're going to have to have bigger balls to match your bigger dick. You don't want to be out there with a big fat rad rod with thin little nuts unable to support the rod that that plastic has given you. And so they're, they're getting ahead of this and they're letting people know Hey, listen, are you sick of consuming all sorts of plastic particles that are giving you a bigger wiener that your balls aren't big enough to support? Well, now, thanks to Coca-Cola, you can have bigger, firmer testicles that produce more testosterone. That, that's the newest thing. That's uh, It was a New York Post article. All right, what do we got next? With an outbreak of a new drug-resistant stomach bug, will public officials finally get serious about bathroom access? There's like super shigella or something going on out there. Um, and uh, all sorts of people making diarrhea all over the place, getting super sick. I've never rooted for a virus before because, you know, I'm not calling up my senators. I'm not complaining about bathroom access. IBS is not treated like other ailments. You don't have commissions suing buildings that they don't have better bathrooms. You know, I wish it was. I wish it was considered a disability. And you'd hear speeches from people with uh, irritable bowel syndromes talking about the disability acts of America and you've got 400 restaurant tables in here and only one bathroom, or your bar bathroom doesn't even have a latch on it. You didn't even stock it with toilet paper. How is any reasonable human being supposed to shit in here without having to wipe with their socks and leave it in their trash can? Have you made the proper arrangements for those eating your shitty bar food, smelling your urinary smells, and pounding shots of booze that you clearly put into the wrong bottles? I don't feel like you've made proper arrangements for those of us out here with the IBS. I, I, we should make the IBS Commission of America. It will roam the landscape, review people's bathrooms, and you can get credited or uncredited. But none of that exists in the world because there aren't enough people out there like me. There actually aren't enough whiny Jew cunts out in the universe. You thought that there were too many whiny Jew cunts. Apparently there aren't enough of us because I'm not the only Jew out there with a rotten stomach complaining every time we say bathroom oh i think i ate too much my tummy hurt my tummy hurt i eat i can't eat the cheese i can't eat the cheese isn't good for my tummy i can't eat it oh i can't eat it this hour it's too late into the evenings i can't eat i can't oh i'm about to get on a flight i shouldn't have that coffee i can't be the only jew cunt out there but for all of the power that us supposed jew cunts have everywhere you go just crummy bathrooms roaming the world just trying to find places that you can comfortably defecate. So anyways, like if the mRNA shots gave people diarrhea, I would have rooted. I would have been I would have been the first one getting myself a CNN job to try and get people all mRNA'd up. Sadly, it's just making women's uh, vaginas all bloody and giving people other problems. But you're not allowed to say that we're on YouTube, except that one factually came out. It was on, I'm on, on MSNBC. So I'm not even questioning the science when I report that. If anything, I was just rooting for that there were other things that the mRNA might have came with so that I could have rooted for it. You know what else I'm learning? Maybe we'll start going live in the evenings, because last night when I was live in the evenings, we had like 40 people on this chat. Eh, it's not bad. We got 17. That's pretty cool. All right, what else we got? The best CIA soup recipes for those looking to do rectal feeding at home. It was a pretty horrifying article yesterday in the New York Times. I don't read the New York Times all that often. Every once in a while, article comes across uh, my, my desk. And uh, it may or may not have been factually accurate because everything that I care about, you read the New York Times coverage and you're like, okay, this is a load of hooey. 
so why would I trust them on this one? Uh, but apparently, down in Gwit Gitmo, they had a nice way of uh, torturing people. You're not you're not formally allowed to torture people, but what you can do is shove things up their ass and pretend like you're feeding them. You can even let the thing sit in their ass for an extra 30 minutes to pretend like it needed the absorption. Now, can you actually scientifically eat through your asshole? Um, I don't think so. Actually, it said in the article that you can't. So you know, if you, you don't don't start don't start shoving things up your ass and thinking. That it's more, although I guess it's more absorbent of nutrients. That's why those kids were shoving tampons up their ass with vodka, because like it was four times more dense and got you fucked up right away. So why can't I shove vitamins up my ass and then get more absorption? Is that why gay guys are so fit? They're taking protein cum shots right up their asshole, get super absorbed. Are ladies taking rectal feedings with cum? Because cum, I mean, I, I've never eaten cum, but I feel like I've maybe come across reports that there's good uh, um, proteins and uh, also electrolytes in there. I don't know if that's factually accurate. I don't know if absorbing cum through your asshole might be a good way of skipping meals and losing weight. Who knows? Maybe we just came up with a, with a new diet. Then that's going to be the next product that I sell. Yo, Kratom, I know you're, I know you're hanging out with us today. You're, you're off as a sponsor. We're going to replace your sign with the cum diet of America, where uh, you have to try and take at least three loads up your ass a day, and you replace two meals with loads in your asshole. But according to the scientists in this article, uh, they were not advocating for taking loads in your asshole and trying to absorb electrolytes and proteins that may or may not exist in other people's cum. Uh, what they were saying was that doesn't matter what kind of food you do shove up your asshole, uh, you can't reverse feed yourself, and they were just torturing people. And so while I normally don't believe the New York Times, uh, when I read things such as that they left things in people's assholes uh, to torture them while claiming that it was to aid in colonic absorption, uh, that sounds like a perfect poetic symbolism for everything that America, you know, that's our government in a nutshell. Hey, I'm just trying to help you out here, and that's why I'm going to shove this right up your ass. But this is for your own health. That thing up your asshole is for your own health. Sometimes I read this stuff, uh, and I think it's somewhat horrifying to look at. Every once in a while you see footage of things that were going on in Gitmo, or you read these articles about things that were going on in Gitmo, and completely horrifying, but I think it's good to know what the U.S. government would do to you if they could. Like, we don't get to see the footage of these January 6 people all locked up in their cells. You know what I mean? Every once in a while I think it's good to get a little bit of insight in just how evil these people are, and how they would treat you if they could actually get away with it. All right, next we got the secret relationship between Trump and McDonald's and the hidden McDonald's ingredients that will keep you youthful. I mean, what is going on with Donald Trump? And, uh, oh, wait a second. You see, this is why I didn't have the chat on yesterday because I get distracted, but um, yo come. There you go. That's going to be the uh, the next campaign. From Maybe what I'll do is I'll prepackage my cum and then I can sell it directly to you guys to insert into your assholes. And then you can have proteins. But no women getting pregnant. I don't know how that we're going to police for that. I don't know that you can talk about this on YouTube. You know what? We're going to have to bring this back to the Run Your Mouth production team and really hash out some of the details. Because, uh, obviously, you know, we just floated it. It's a, it's a good concept. I think that there's uh, some baselines in which we can grow and expand based off of the original concept. But, obviously, we're going to have to tweak this thing in order to, to make it happen. All right. Uh, Black's topic of the day, experts explain the information that be, can be gathered by poking at stuff with a stick or light kicks with a leg. So I enjoyed 
that we were yelling and screaming, how come Poop Buttigieg isn't going down to this town, smelling the, the, the sweet smell of chemicals himself, and actually addressing the situation? Why won't he get down there and check out what's going on? And then you finally see footage of him going to check out what's going on. And he looks like he's the last man on a gay stripping roster. He's got a hat helmet on that's a little bit too big. He's got a yellow vest, which makes no sense. I don't know why you got a yellow vest. What, you got more trains that are going to come through your train site that you might get hit by a train? Why you got to wear a yellow vest when you go after the train already collided with other things? What, do you think that this is now a collision site and more people are just going to try and collide into the area? It's like one collision manifests the next collision. Everyone's like, this is now a location for collisions. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But he's out there. You know, this is Mr. Photo Opportunity. I mean, this is a guy who would fake riding a bicycle to work and go to a, a hospital to pretend like someone just gave birth to a kid that never... While hospital beds are supposedly in rare supply, while hospitals are overrun, somehow Pete Buttigieg had an opportunity to get into a hospital bed with his male lover so that they could take a picture with the baby that neither of them had in a hospital bed that neither of them were actually in or delivered in. But they wanted to have that special moment. So anyways, you've got this guy, and he goes out to this train site. He's dressed like he's the last man picked on the gay stripping team. He's got his construction uniform that not doing any construction. And then he walks around, and, you know, he just kind of kicks and then they go, there's that thing over there. That's the thing that hit into this. And you realized, why did we all yell at this guy to go take a photo opportunity? What information is actually gotten by walking around? I mean, I guess maybe you can argue that it's easier to ignore these situations uh, if you're not there. You know, like kind of like Biden with the border. Like, why do you got to go down to the border just to see that you ain't doing nothing to control the border, except then they clean it up for the couple days. So if anything, you can go down and go, no, no, I was there. It's totally fine. I took a look around. I saw everything. This thing is totally working 100% fine. But I don't know. Maybe they teach you classes with the information that can be gathered by poking at something with a stick. Sometimes maybe people, I maybe I just don't understand enough about kicking and poking at things that really you, you can gather a lot of information about it. All right. Here's our quickies. We were on the road the last couple days, so I, I, didn't, I didn't screenshot all the articles in, but we do have quite a few topics that we're going to cover. And before we get into it, let me, uh, quick plugs. I got my show every Wednesday night, Cafe Bohemia. Come hang out on the road with Davey Smith. Go to comicdavesmith.com. I'm on all those dates except for Providence. Later this month, I will be, oh, this Saturday night, I'm doing an event for the Free State Project. And then lastly, I will be in Colorado doing two, date, two ski dates. Steamboat, come hang out. All right, Blinken's speech on CNN and the buffoonery network. I have a new idea. I've had some really good ideas for how we can fix our country. Here's the absolute two biggest ones. If we just did these two things, I'm sure I've mentioned on the show before, we could have a working country once again. You ready? Government, it's called the Clear Authority Act. If government tells you that you have to do something, they have to tell you under what authority they are able to tell you that you have to do that. And then there has to be repercussions if they lied and they pretended to have authority that they didn't have. Because we got a problem that everyone points for. I never said that. He said that. That other guy said that. There was another guy who said, I never said that. Everyone points fingers when things go to shit and go, I didn't say that. Oh, I never called up uh, Twitter and told them that they had to take something down. Everyone, they're very good at the intimidation thing. It's literally the mob. Hey, it would be a good idea if you did this. And everyone goes, ah, shit, the government called me up and said it would be a good idea. We have to ban that shit. No more gray area. 
No more intimidation from government. No more cops coming up to you and going, hey, do you mind opening up your door? Do you mind showing me your pockets? No. Anytime you have any interaction with any government official, law agency, EPA, uh, the people checking your restaurant, any government individual in any capacity at any given juncture in time, they have to tell you to do something. They can't request. They can't make a recommendation. They, they can't interact with you in a gray area in any capacity whatsoever. They need to tell you that you have to do something, and it's got to be under this authority. And then if it turns out that they didn't have that authority, there needs to be repercussions for them lying to you or trying to exert authority that they didn't have. If we could get rid of the legal gray area that government exists in just to intimidate us into action, where every single government agency can point to the other one and say, well, they were the ones who said that. They were the ones that said that. Ah, that came from that guy. I never said that. Ah, blah, 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 blah. That's how you end up living in a world where the onus is on us to prove to, to prove to them that we're supposed to have freedom. And most of us don't have the resources to do so. And it takes year, years before you get it in front of a judge. Like, think about it. If you were a nurse and then someone said, told you that you had to get this thing, and what was the process by which you were able to undo that? Or if you were Twitter and you wanted to not just send the files over to the FBI, now you got to go to court and prove to them. I'm just saying, we got to throw this back on them. The other one is just right, right into the Constitution that the government's not allowed to run a deficit. Anything that they want to pay for, it's got to be in the budget. They tax us enough money. Let's not borrow from previous generations. That leaves them with always an incentive to borrow from the future because it's going to be someone else's problem. You do those two things, we could have a working government once again. I've had some other ideas that were pretty good. Uh, I was trying to build a website where we would start keeping score, letting people know just how many topics these people got wrong. Twitter's been doing a better job of that, where every once in a while someone says something and they create a montage of every single time that they said the other thing. Uh, that happened with um, uh, with COVID vaccines, right? Uh, here's another one that I think we should do. We should start going after these deep state individuals. You have these unelected officials making big decisions, talking a big game, kind of your Fauci's. But you're, you got your Fauci's in all sorts of different groups of government. So I'm saying we got to go after more of the Fauci's. So in this case, the other day, I was sitting in the hotel lobby. I'm listening to Blinken. He's giving a speech. And his big point when it came to Ukraine was that we need to defend borders. Because if we don't defend borders... And we live in a new world where governments can just cross into other countries and take their stuff when we don't have respect for borders, then the entire world is going to fall apart. And so that this needs to be a red line that everybody in America is on board with, that Russia violated a sacred border, and therefore everyone's got to get on board. And I just want to point out, firstly, isn't that rich when we don't have a protected border between us and Mexico to hear all sorts of border talk and propaganda? I mean, if we're going to be investing money in calling borders fucking sacred and that they can't be violated, well, then why don't we invest the money into a wall at our border? That's one. Two is, I mean, so what do you describe Iraq, Afghanistan, and all the other wars that we've been involved in? We've been running around the globe fucking trying to fight everybody. Russia and China, they kept to the fucking selves. They didn't get out there and start yelling, hey, everyone's got to start, uh, 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 every, we need every single government on board against the United States because they're out there kicking over other countries. So I'm just saying, we ain't supporting uh, Putin over here. We ain't saying what he's doing good. 
We are saying that America uh, provoked it and is purposely trying to throw as, money, as much Ukrainian death at this while pretending like we're on the side of humanity. And that their newest argument in trying to get out there and serve up some rich propaganda to the American people to try and get them feel bad for the Ukrainians that were purposely uh, involving into this fight so that they die. Uh, so while being grossly inhumane, it's the same thing as shoving something up someone's ass and saying, hey, we're doing this for your own health. We're out there trying to rally the support of the American people. And so the newest claim is, well, think about the chaos that would exist in the world if we didn't do more to defend random borders while our borders just open. That, that's their newest and richest claim. And, of course, you got Janet Yellen going over there. There's another deep state person. That's what newspapers should just be filled with every single day is what these fucking deep state behind-the-scenes people are doing, the meetings that they're having, the dumb arguments that they have, the actual corporate interest that's backing them, and the influence that they have. All right, so she's over there now because, uh, you know, it's all the money that should be staying here going over there, so I guess she's got to go visit it. Um, oh, I had a little note here for myself, which isn't bad. Uh, if you guys can go find that Blinken face, I described him that he had a little evil bunny foo-foo face. He's, like, up there. He's got, like, the, the fucking Jurat thing, the teeth out. He even talks with his hands forward. Uh, oh, all right. Yeah, more randoms. This is what happens when you're on the road all weekend. Uh, so, you know, we're coming at you with some randoms here. I watched this debate on if media should be trusted. It is a, uh, worthwhile watch. I didn't actually watch the whole thing. I just want to comment. My feet are fucking freezing because right before the show, I, uh, spilled water on my floor. Um, and I don't have the heat on, uh, cause I don't really like heat and now my feet are freezing. Also, if you see, uh, I got, I got the blanket. I was sleeping on the couch cause, uh, Sometimes I like pretending like I'm, I have a girlfriend and then I'm in a fight with her. So then I'll, I'll sleep on the couch just so, you know, everyone, I, why, why am I going to miss out on fights with girlfriends just because I'm single and living alone in a nice, quiet apartment where I don't have to have drama like that. So, you know, every once in a while, I just pretend like I'm living that drama. And then I sleep pretty good on the couch knowing like as if I would, as if I just had a full fight with someone and now I'm exhausted. All right. I, I, well, that was, uh, we just got heavily distracted there. Um... Debate on if media should be trusted. It's a worthwhile watch. You got uh, Matt Taibbi. Um, you have some other dude. I don't even remember what his name was. And he's going against that guy who wrote Malcolm Gladwell, who couldn't be more of a liberal fucking cunt. Oh, my God. You want to talk about just a dude with the smugness of how dare you? I'm the credentialed person that the system has chosen. And so you and I, we shouldn't even be breathing the same air. And if anything, you should be kissing my ass because of all the prior credentials that I have and just acknowledging that I'm right and apologizing. And right off the bat, he just goes, well, clearly, because of what you said, you're a racist. Someone makes an argument and he just goes right to, well, you know, if you're going to be obsessed about the media of the 1950s, it's because it just catered to white people. And so isn't it curious that you would live in a world where everything's revolving, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. The other thing that I just thought was funnier was that the core argument of the lady from the New York Times was the claim that, yes, while it came to COVID, we got a lot of things wrong. We were closer to the truth. That was the condensed. You guys can go check out this uh, debate. But I just enjoyed the argument that the New York Times was closer to the truth for two reasons. One, I don't believe they were. I believe if you probably went through the track record of everything the New York Times said in regards to COVID, and you compare that to everything that I said, they probably weren't even closer to the truth. But if the premise is, should mainstream media be trusted, 
and your argument is, well, we at least come closer to the truth, haven't you just admitted no because you're not just giving people gospel and truth? And so therefore you would have to have some critical reasoning skills because closer to the truth is an admission that one, you're not giving people truth and that there's some amount of information that's wrong. And so if you're already saying that there's some amount of information that's wrong, you're saying that people need to use their critical reasoning skills and they shouldn't just trust what's being said as being well-researched, fact-checked or otherwise. I just thought that it was interesting that the best that the New York Times lady could come up with was, well, yes, it's all bullshit, but our bullshit's degrees closer. The, you're no longer in the category of standing by your words or even being in the realm of truth. If the best that you claim that you can make is, well, our bullshit's closer to, how do you even quantify closer to the truth? And like I said here, that's why you come here. I don't claim that it's all accurate, but I claim to be giving you the most interesting version of the bullshit. So if everyone's going to admit that it's just bullshit, you might as well get the most interesting version of it. What else we got? Oh, do you guys see the demon lady on the Trump grand jury? I don't quite understand the way uh, grand juries work. Uh, a friend of mine yesterday explained it to me that it's basically a pretrial for prosecutors. For prosecutors, they don't like losing things. So they present all the evidence to basically a mock jury, and then they see if the mock jury would make a recommendation about whether or not to actually give a guilty charge. And then if that happens, then they move forward. I think it's also probably kind of a fail-safe for prosecutors to pretend like they... Uh, um, like it, it's not just out. It's not just them and them just being out there sniffing for blood. It's actually a grand jury approved to then move forward with the trial. And so in this case, you got this lady, and she's uh, talking shit about how badly she wanted to indict Trump. And this lady comes off fucking insane. She's exactly the lady that at like two in the morning, if you were hammered and you start a conversation with at the bar, you'd be like, oh, I'm kind of gelling with this lady and she's kind of cute. And then she would let off that fucking demonic laugh a couple times. You'd be like, ah, this isn't a good idea. And then you'd go over to her home and you would see, you'd be like, oh, did you leave out soup? And she goes, no, that's a potion for your soul. Ha 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 ha. And you'd be like, all right, that's a little bit weird. And then you go to the bed and you'd see like all sorts of like, You'd be like, oh, is this supposed to be like a romantic thing that you left out leaves? And she goes, no, that's part of the soup. You'd be like, oh, my God, this is uh, not a lady that I should be hanging out with. You'd probably still sleep with her. You'd just try and make it quicker and get out the door. But then you'd be afraid. Maybe getting out the door is what gets your soul trapped. You had to actually stay for a certain amount of time. I don't want to end up in this lady's spell. And then, you, by the way, you look at her social media presence. She actually has spells up there, which is real. Is that what's going on? Is everything that we've ever heard about the global elites and the fact that they're working with demonic powers actually accurate and one of their demon people got into this grand jury trying to prosecute Trump who if he could just gotten back into office could have gotten the pedophiles out of Washington? Like I said, the best bullshit, everybody. So anyways, you got this lady and uh, she clearly is uh, not a great representation of the American people. If you were trying to get people together, to make a reasonable and important decision. This is the last lady that you, like if you were on the PTA and then this lady joined the PTA, you'd be like, ah, fuck. We have to incorporate this lady's opinions. I mean, you could not, you could talk to this lady for 10 seconds and then go, okay, this lady is psychotic. I don't want to have her opinion on anything. And then the fact that you have any sort of an important process in any capacity that's going to be making a decision 
with any impact on anyone's life, I would not want this woman making an evaluation if we were going to have 2% or 1% milk in a school. I would be convinced that however she came to her conclusion, it was somehow nefarious and going to actually hurt the kid. Like, she's the one that would go, hey, listen, instead of 2% or 1%, why don't we have spoiled milk? Because spoiled milk is closer to yogurt, and once it becomes yogurt, that's when it's got the good bacteria in it. So if we can't afford good, wholesome yogurt for the kids, what we need is to get spoiled milk. It doesn't matter if it's one or two, but you'd be like, we're not having a conversation about spoiled milk here, but that's the way it goes with stupid people. I mean, the, the, the ideas that they come up with. And so we've got a lady who's clearly fucking insane, and yet she's the one that they, I guess, put in charge about looking at all the evidence, about making a decision about whether or not they're going to move forward with a Trump prosecution. And then here's the great part. So she ends up on the news, and everyone's like, why the fuck is this lady on the news? This lady is going to blow up the spot of this investigation. And I look at it the other way, where I'm like, if you've got fucking lunatics like this making important decisions, shouldn't we know about that? Why is the why is the result like the uh, the takeaway from the news always like oh this information should be hidden because it doesn't make our systems look good? Well, if the systems aren't good, shouldn't we expose that so we fix it? Why is it always that we should just uh, hide broken systems so that broken systems can continue? All right, what else I got here? COVID turnarounds. We had some big stories last week. First, the uh, the energy department came out and said that uh, natural immunity... Oh, no, 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 what did they say? They said that it was uh, actually a lab leak, which, I, I don't know, why, why the fuck does that matter? Why is that news that a, the energy department, a department I never heard about, which doesn't sound like the science department, it doesn't sound like the NIH is making a low-confidence decision about the fact that this is three years later. I mean, basically, every single piece of conspiracy information that platforms like this took you off of because, hey, you can't question the science, have basically all been validated. The conversation that needs to be had now is why is it that information that was accurate was censored three years ago? It doesn't matter that it's changing now. The, the question now needs to be why was the information censored three years ago? Who is being held responsible for bad decisions being made off of clearly wrong information? These were smart people who were lying to us. Who is going to be held responsible? That needs to be the conversation that's being had. Who is being held responsible for this? And what protections are we going to be putting in place so that moving forward, the better information is not censored? Because that's what happened. People were lying to us. They censored every piece of information is going, hey, you're not following the science. And it all turned out to be lies. I, I, they couldn't have said it with bolder faces. Hey, you're not allowed to be on this platform questioning the science. And then every fucking thing that they said turned out to be an absolute lie. So what are we doing to hold these motherfuckers responsible? That should be the conversation. This conversation should be the energy department coming out two years later. And who cares if it's the energy department? So why hasn't the NAH done it? Why isn't anyone being held responsible? And what fail-safes are we going to be starting to put in place so that when people... At the outset of this, like your Sam Parkers of the world, go, hey, this is coming from a lab. The information that's right isn't instantly being stripped from social media. That, that needs to be the conversation that's being had. Furthermore, you had the Lancet came out finally addressing natural immunity. I, I mean, the fact that they denied the fact that if you got sick, you were better protected... What can better showcase that there is an agenda? And that was a common sense thing from the outset of this. When they started... And uh, telling nurses that had been on the front lines and clearly exposed to this that they had to get a vaccine or they couldn't work their jobs. And everyone's like, well, what about the natural immunity? And you would get in trouble for saying that because you'd be questioning the science. And now finally, 
Years later, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, that does work better. Yeah, yeah, we were wrong. That definitely works better. And so that's not enough. It's not enough for it just to come out and go, oh, yeah, 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 we got that one wrong. Well, then, where's the fucking commissions that go, well, how did they get that wrong? Because we all know how they got it wrong. They were lying to us. They were lying to us. So why were they lying to us? Are we going to look into that? Are we going to look into what kind of corporate interests corrupted our system that we were being lied to? And then why the fail-safes of free speech and people able to just go, hey, that doesn't make sense. Wasn't allowed to exist on the internet. All right, enough on that topic. Here's a fun one. This was from Zero Hedge today. $200 million of equipment was just sold for $500,000. And it was basically just sold off as scraps. Remember how they were talking about hospitals being overrun and we need all this equipment in New York City? So apparently they went on a $200 million spending free, uh, you know. And now I guess the hospitals, the free equipment that we ordered for them, they can't hold on to it because uh, in case that there's a next pandemic, we don't want to have this shit on hand. Remember, I, I guess if there was anything that should have been learned, it's that hospitals probably need to have more capacity than just what's available on a daily basis or private companies should be able to create emergency hospital uh, because but think about the profits that might exist in that emergency because remember, oh, hospitals are going to be overrun. And, and instead of going the other way and going, hey, we better prepare for the next time that this thing might, ha might happen so we don't have to shut down economies on the basis that hospitals might be overrun. We, we, instead of having conversations about expanding hospitals, the $200 million of equipment that was purchased for New York City is now being scrapped for just $500,000. You can go catch that from Zero Hedge. Um, I do prefer when I link in the articles so that you guys know that I'm not just uh, fucking fabricating this shit, but, you know. It was on the road over the weekend, and this was supposed to be done last night. All right, here, even more bullshit. But before I get into this bullshit, if you feel like you're not as excited about the media and the way that they're lying to us and all these little fabricating, weaving stories of complete and utter total nonsense that's coming from them, you know why? It's because you haven't taken yourself enough Yodeltas. And I want to help you out with that problem. You go to Yodelta.com, use promo code RYM, or it might be FIRE. I should check that. You're going to get yourself 20% off. And you can take yourself some gummies and fucking go to the moon and then pass out real early. Or you can get yourself a nice little vape pen. And uh, you can just, uh, if you don't have a job that would be dangerous to do this at, and you're over the age of 21, you know, you hit that vape pen, no one's going to know it. You ain't going to smell like it. You ain't going to be overwhelmingly stoned. You're just going to sit there and be like, I don't hate having to be at this job pretending like I'm working. And that's pretty good. What could be better than that? So go to YoDelta.com, use promo code RYM or FIRE. You get yourself 20% off. You get yourself a big old bag of gummies. It's all the weed you'll ever need for your whole life. You get one of those bigger size bag of gummies, you're going to be set for a long time. All right, let's continue. We got Sidney Powell's ethic case got thrown out. I think it was in Texas. You remember Sidney Powell? She's the cracking lady. She's out there going, uh, hey, we've got these Dominion voting machines. They are uh, changing votes, and I've got the cracking. And she was, and, uh, you know, we, we can tell a psychotic lady. We can just tell right off the bat this is another one of those PTA bitches that you don't want to have to be having making any decisions for you in any capacity whatsoever. But she's out there, and she's making lunacy claims. And then the media's got to address the lunacy claims. And you think at some point, I guess if you're totally outside the realm of what is supposed to be allowed to happen for you within the legal profession, you might actually get some trouble for it. But, eh, it got thrown out. She'll just be able to continue acting like a lawyer. At the same time, I would think that that would probably hurt the Dominion lawsuit against Fox News because 
I said this on a previous episode, if someone's bringing, if the president's bringing a lawsuit, even if it turns out not to be true, it would be news to report that lawsuit. And if this lady, who's a lawyer, was actually bringing a claim, they're reporting on the claim, and she isn't even being in trouble for making a fraudulent claim, I don't think you're going to be able to call, uh, hold Fox News accountable. Uh, but I think what's most interesting to me is just the extent by which you can throw total bullshit out into the ecosphere and nothing ever gets proved right or wrong or no one's ever held in, if found to be in trouble. So, you know, you might as well just get out there, make the biggest, boldest bullshit claim you can. That's how your, uh, your information rises to the top. And it doesn't matter how wrong you are. It doesn't even matter. All right. We only got a couple more uh, topics left. Forgiving student debt. That's a big Supreme Court case going on this week. I don't have much to say other than eh, I don't even want to talk about that one. Uh, last topic. Products for assholes by assholes. So what I mean by that is uh, some of us, you're never going to make the best decisions. You know what I mean? It's like, for example... I guess it would be better if I wash dishes. I'd probably save money. But at the end of the day, I'm never going to wash dishes. And do I really want to be living in an apartment that always has a filled sink, always smells like fucking rot, where i got to go out for every single meal because I don't want to do the dishes? At some point, you just realize, all right, I'm not a guy who's going to do my dishes. And so you buy plastic and paper plates. Is that the ideal? No. But guess what? You don't end up with fucking rot in your apartment. It just works better. So... Products by assholes for assholes are the ones where instead of pretending like we're better or more disciplined than we actually are, we just accept our flaws as a human being and we design pro like for example, sometimes I talk to my accountant and uh, he wants me to be more disciplined, call up the bank, get this fee taken care of, and then I need the information. And it's like, I don't care, I just want it done. Fine, so I didn't get the maximum, but let's just get it done. That's what I mean by products for assholes by assholes. It's just a little bit more convenient. We understand that it's not the absolute best option, but we also understand that we're never going to actually go with the best option because that's not the way we're wired. All right. Uh, can I think of other examples? No, maybe if I brought it up at the top of the show. But I read about electric vehicles, and I think about the way, like I actually, in my uh, uh, film production, you know, I, I taped the live uh, podcast. I'm at a point now I actually don't even like rechargeable batteries on the items that I'm using for... Uh, for podcasts because it's I'd rather spend the money on batteries than spend hours in an apartment charging things trying to make sure that things are charged you know how often my phone isn't charged how often I got to go find a charger how, how often I've overcharged phones use the wrong charger on a phone now the phone's not working I, I feel like when it comes to gas cars you know you know shitty I treat my gas cars and I got 110,000 miles on my Subaru right now the goal is I want to get it to 200,000 I'm a fucking road comic for life. Hong Kong, by the way, coming up after this, if you're uh, listening to this, you can go check out. I talked to Reed Coverdale. Um, we were talking about trucker life being out on the road. And if you're listening to the podcast, that's going to be the second half because I'm going to combine them. And uh, all right. So anyways, continuing with products for assholes by assholes is that electric vehicles sound to me like we've got a perfectly good working system of gas cars. You can get in your car. You very rarely end up in a situation where you can't find gas. Every once in a while, you get a little bit concerned of, oh, I didn't fill up at the last rest stop, and I'm down on the thing. You have your Kramer moment where you wanted to push it because you were flowing. You were in the zone. You're like, I don't want to be pulling off the highway right now. I can make it one more stop. And you're like, maybe that was a bad decision, but it's pretty rare. I've driven all over this country. It's pretty rare that you're not within 10, 15 miles of a gas station. There's always gas available. It takes you a couple minutes to fill up. You get yourself some snacks and you're back on the road. 
Who wants to spend hours having to pull over, charging their thing, and then you, you push it too far, you end up ruining your entire vehicle, it ends up too cold out, you don't quite have the math right on how far you can go, and then you might even overcharge the thing. It just sounds to me like we've got a perfectly good working system with gas vehicles that could be improved upon, and now we're going to invest billions of dollars in infrastructure to accommodate electric vehicles that a lot of us aren't going to be able to afford, aren't going to be practical, and then we're going to be end up in a situation where we're just basically renting time from wealthier individuals. So it's going to be, you know how many things have become already within my lifetime where I look at it like as an old man back in my day? I wish I remembered more of the things my grandfather, because I was always like, ah, technology gets better, you fucking old man. What are you talking about? Wait, it was really back in your, but now I see it. It's like every time I walk into a restaurant and I can't just have a menu. Just give me a menu. I don't want to have to go to your QR code to then have to download an app to then look and see whether or not uh, I want your chicken, your your chicken wings or your hamburgers. Just put the fucking menu down on the table. We've done it for a hundred years in this country. It was a perfectly working system. I don't want to have to go through my phone to then go to your website to then click on another link and then you look at me like this was a more convenient and better system. Or here's another one. I know I've ranted about this before. I used to love channel surfing. You know what ruined cable television more than anything else? You can't channel surf. It used to be you click the button, the channel changed. Then I can remember channel 17 is Comedy Central. Channel 34 is this. I get the, the commercials from FX are lining up that when Comedy Central goes to commercial, and then you could go back and forth. You could watch 10 minutes of this show, 5 minutes of this show. It was a good old time. You can't do that anymore because it blinks. There's like a four-second delay. Maybe it's a two-second delay. Maybe I got so much ADD, it's only a half-a-second delay, but it ruins the experience to me where I go to the channel, and then I got to wait. And then you sound like a crazy person where you're like, back in my day, you just had a channel, and things changed quickly. And you know how much better this was? But now they got their fancier boxes, their descriptions. Everything has more loading time, and all of a sudden, watching television isn't even fun anymore. The most simple and lazy thing that ever existed of getting, sitting your ass down on a hotel bed and channel surfing and realizing that there was nothing on before you went to sleep is now more difficult because they got a smart television where you can log into your Netflix, you can log into your HBO, you got 40 different options, you got a channel guide, everything's on delay and it isn't fun. Well, just wait till that happens with fucking cars. Or like back in my day, you could just show up to a gas station, fill up a car and get back on the road. You didn't have to wait four hours to charge something. We're all going to be saying it. All right. Did I have anything else left, or is that our episode for today? Nope. That was the questions. All right. We did it, everybody. Thank you for hanging out. Another episode of the Run Your Mouth podcast. Uh, like I said, we're trying to keep the schedule to Mondays and Wednesdays and possibly Fridays when I'm out on the road. Uh, this week was already messed up because I did 40 minutes yesterday without any sound. So hopefully we'll be back tomorrow, even if it's a shorter episode. Um, thanks as always for hanging out and, uh, show up on my Wednesday show, trying to build a bit of a scene in New York City. This week I booked, uh, Zach Amico. Um, I got myself, I got Howie Dewey, I got JJ Lieberman, probably one more comic. Um, so come out, come hang out. It's actually probably the most, uh, casual place to see me do comedy. I work on new stuff. We hang out, we drink upstairs. Uh, it's a pretty relaxed and fun environment. Great room, great uh, acoustics. And, uh, some of my favorite comics, I get to hang out in the back and watch them, you know, play around, work on some new stuff, watch them hit the bangers. It's a good old time. So Reed, is this the, uh, the new New Hampshire home? Uh, yeah, I'm living with a co-worker in a spare room that he has, so it's pretty exciting. I've got a, a picture of Bow Lake in Stratford, New Hampshire behind me, and uh, 
yeah, so it's not a very exciting studio setup, but it's what I got right now. All right, and as the man who kind of brands himself as the the working man, constantly rotating between different horrible jobs, maybe not horrible <laughs> jobs, but uh, hard. No, some of them jobs. some of them have been horrible. That's yeah, accurate, you're you're so. the, the libertarian Mike Rowe. Um, <laughs> so what's what's the current manly manly job that you're uh, you know, engaging your labor in? Yeah, I'm working for a uh, power line contractor right now. So the utility companies hire us to do all the miserable work that they are not capable of doing themselves. So all like the off-road stuff, the super high voltage stuff, the the big, you know, like setting the giant poles and stuff that they don't have the equipment for, all that stuff. So um, it's uh, it's been a very busy year. Lots of storms this winter up here in New Hampshire. So um, I was working like, I think I averaged over a hundred hours a week in January. It was pretty nuts. So, um, lots of work. Now I have not, well, I've worked manual labor jobs that probably are not as manual labor as what you're doing. And I've, I've typically had like long days where I'm like, oh man, I'm such a dude. And then I wouldn't work for a week type deal. Uh Um, one of the toughest jobs I think I've, I've worked, or I, at least in my memory, was I used to have a job restocking vending machines, and the mornings were pretty brutal in the winter because we were outdoors loading up a van, and I remember some mornings, like, even just having to, like, run to the bathroom just to run water on my hands because, like, literally just fucking frozen hands. How miserable is it out there in the in the winter? Do you guys, like, do you have good gear for that, or do you have some days where it just sucks? So... Yes and no. We do have good gear, but at the same time, like depending on what you're doing, if you're working on the lines, you got to wear those rubber insulated gloves. Like when I say insulated, I mean the rubber is thick enough to insulate you from getting electrocuted. I don't don't mean like warm insulation. So the the class four gloves that are good up to like 40,000 volts, they're like, they're about that thick, just rubber. And, you know, they're, um, they're kind of hard to really manipulate anything if you're not really used to wearing them but when it's uh negative 20 out or whatever um you know you're just putting your bare hands inside rubber gloves so what you do is you leave them on the uh you leave them on the dash on the defroster just blowing hot air on them so that when you go outside for at least like the first 15 minutes or so you have warm hands but it gets pretty miserable pretty fast I might have told this story on the podcast before, but I had a job that basically we did random New York City office stuff. And I actually really liked that job because it was uh, paid okay. It was manual labor. The problem is the hours were never consistent enough to move to New York City. So it just like it didn't work. But I had uh, one experience, as you mentioned, the rubber gloves where I, I'm honestly lucky to be alive. I went into this office one day and I was tasked with changing the lights and the light bulb. Fine. But then I show up and it's like a really fancy New York City office and you had to climb a scarily high ladder to access the light bulbs. And the, like to, to explain the ladder was one of those ladders where it was like a ladder into like an upward thing. I If I had to guess in my head, it was probably 15 to 20 feet off the ground. I'd say more like 20, like it was high up there. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that was terrifying about this was you had to climb up this ladder and then they had these giant glass light bulbs and keep in mind i'm not a manly man i'm a fucking nervous jew right so you have to climb this fucking ladder and you got to go up there on the top of the ladder like just two feet on it unscrew this giant bulb 
like this giant glass bulb. I'm talking like this was a fancy high-end New York City marketing office that had like a two-story cafe area that had like these fancy light bulbs. So you had to take the thing and then come down the ladder, go back up, change the light bulb, come back down, bring the light bulb back up. I mean, bring the giant glass thing back up and then balance yourself as you twisted it on it. And then the scariest part was they didn't even clear the room while you were doing it. So you were kind (laughs) of had in your mind like... I'm a fucking idiot that shouldn't be doing this stuff. As you all just saw, like, I'm a putz, right? I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to drop this thing on someone's head. I uh, This is without exaggeration. I'm not like a big story liar fabricator. When I was up there, I was not wearing gloves and got electrocuted. And oh, I man. came to on the top of the ladder. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I totally like, like, you You know what I mean? Like, you freeze up when you get electrocuted. It's like, I don't think I was like electrocuted for like a long period of time. But I had a moment where like I came to, and I was like looking around. I was like, holy fuck, I'm on the top of a ladder 20 feet <laughs> off the ground. Like, I got at least electrocuted enough for like that. And then you also have a moment where like you want to like talk to someone or walk off the But there's just people below you just living their fucking lives. You know what I mean? Like, they're just going about their office day. They have no idea that some dude up there nearly just fucking died and dropped shit on them. Holy shit, was that an experience. (laughs) So you didn't drop anything. That was what I was going to ask you. You had everything secured somehow. The fact that I survived that is just... I I, I still don't understand that one to this day. And, like, I don't know how badly or how long I was, like, even electrocuted for. But I can just... It wasn't like I even consciously like got electrocuted went like oh shit i'm getting electrocuted it was more like i almost like temporarily like blacked out for like a half a second i was like what the fuck am i doing up here yeah <laughs> yeah have you ever i haven't actually got ever... checked uh... afterwards no i just went on with my life <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if i've ever talked about this on a podcast but have you ever like uh have you ever when you're sober have you ever blacked out for like an extended period of time and just like kind of gone through a blip and come out on the other end and been like, what have I just been doing for the last half hour? Has that ever happened to you? Other than when uh, you got electrocuted memento moments. Um, I've, I mean, I'm like a space cadet. So I've definitely like, no, I've never, I, I've never, I once had a concussion where I've lost, lost a couple hours, but I, and like, I definitely am like a space cadet where I could be like, wait, why did I walk into this room type moments? Yeah, yeah. Or like, I can definitely lose time just by being a space cadet, but I don't think I've ever, like blacked out in an afternoon in a drinking type way that I couldn't make sense out of. Yeah. I, uh, so in 2015, I was in Tucson, Arizona, uh, in a personal vehicle, just a pickup truck, but I was driving through like downtown through the traffic lights and everything. It was like eight o'clock at night. So traffic was kind of busy. And, um, suddenly I was in the outskirts of town in like, I don't know if you've ever been to Tucson, but in the uh, Catalina foothills, which is like a half hour drive outside of the center of town. And I didn't have any memory of like how I got there uh, from where I was. And I was so far (laughs) removed that I had to actually open up my phone and put my maps, you know, like I had to type back in to get back into the center of Tucson because it was dark out and stuff. And I, that that half hour or whatever because it took i was a half hour away from where i'd been and i don't have any recollection of like driving through any of the traffic lights like i don't know what happened i don't in, know if i this got was in an 18 wheeler no no this was in a personal vehicle luckily this oh, never okay. happened in an 18 wheeler but uh i didn't know if i got abducted by aliens or something and then they just like <laughs> put me back without any recollection of that time span but that that freaked me out quite a bit <laughs> yeah you know what's even freaker to think about is uh 
How many other truckers do you think have had that experience and they're just behind an 18-wheeler right now? Never saw a doctor, never went to figure out what happened, just out yeah. there on the road going after it. <laughs> um, yeah, did you right. did you hear that story yeah. of that airliner, those airliner pilots that overshot their, uh, they were like arguing over Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump or something in 2016 and they overshot their destination by like 600 miles. It's like, oh, I that's would... kind of close. <laughs> I would do that all the time. That's why I'm so happy to not be in an important job. My When I was in uh, college, I thought I was going to work in finance because, you know, I was uh -huh. a Jewish synagogue going guy. I thought that was going to be my life. And I remember talking my way into a uh, like, I mean, it was like an unpaid hedge fund job in uh, college, like an internship. And it was great because I got to actually be on the floor with a couple traders. I got to uh, see what was going on. I learned a lot. It was actually interesting because you had some economists there and they were actually into like the Austrian stuff and kind of even going like, Hey, that shit you're learning in school is bullshit. It was very interesting to see people who are gambling on the news because they have a more honest perspective of it. So it was very interesting. It was cool to be there, but I learned pretty quickly that I was too much of a spaz to possibly exist within that ecosphere because just my ability to fudge minor details I was not going to work well for trying to be a trader. I just learned pretty early on. Uh, and that's why, by the way, for all the talk about self-esteem, it's not true. Sometimes you can learn about yourself that you're just bad at things and you shouldn't be doing them. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. So first is uh, I, I, I brought you on for a specific reason. I'll get into it in a minute. For all the people uh, checking out the show, firstly, it, it's uh, Reed. It's an honor to have you on. Uh, for everyone that was enjoying the first half of this episode that had no sound, I will be back tomorrow morning and uh, we will rehash everything that I had scheduled for the episode. Uh, Reed, I wanted to have you on today because the other day I was uh, driving back from Buffalo and uh, I, I do some long hauls with, uh, with my comedy gigging. And on this particular trip, um, I was getting off the highway, just looking to take a leak. They had something that was called a visitor center. And I walked in and I felt like it was a portal to another universe that I didn't know about, which just seemed like an off the road truck stop that had the coolest shit. So firstly, there was a diner built into it, which was exactly the food I was looking for. I didn't eat there because I just eaten shitty breakfast at some family style restaurant, which we'll get to later. I don't like family style restaurants. I feel unwelcomed. I feel like they told mm -hmm. me up front they don't want my kind in there. They don't want me shitting up in their bathrooms and doing single people shit, right? So anyways, they, this place, it was like, it looked like the best food I've ever seen. They had clothing, which is the kind of shitty clothing I wear, but it was all like $7. It was like the kind of shirts that you wear. They had warm stuff. I got these uh, Twizzlers, like this trucker brand of Twizzlers, which was delicious. And I was just like, maybe there's a whole world of truck. Like maybe this was a random freak incident or there's some whole world of off the grid, unique truck stops that I need to be in the know on. It almost felt like that episode of Homer uh, when Simpson joined the... Uh, whatever that secret society was, and they had a tunnel that got through all the traffic. I don't know if you ever saw that episode. So was I just having some freak fantasy that doesn't exist, or is there a whole landscape I need a CB radio to be in the know of delicious shit that's on the road that I don't even know about? Great bathrooms at this place, too. They had, like, 15 stalls you could shit in, and no one was there. They, I think they also had showers. They had everything you would be looking for on the road. Yeah, so it, there's a there's a mix of both of those things being true. It is there there are some places that are like what you're describing. They're great. They have great food. They got clean bathrooms. Uh, they've got great customer service. And then there are other truck stops that are just 
hell on earth, like the worst, <laughs> the worst place you could ever stop. There's no room to park. There's like three bathroom stalls that are always overflowing with toilet paper and shit that the guy before didn't walk, uh, flush down. Um, I most truck stops when I was over the road trucking, I would I would not take a shower in. Like you'd want to wear your muck boots into the stall, um, right. so you didn't like pick up some weird foot fungus that you're gonna die from later. Um, <laughs> typically. California truck stops were the worst, like Southern California toward the Nevada border. Uh, that was where I saw like some of the worst trust truck stops, um, especially during COVID, like the beginning of it when everything started shutting down um, because none of the diners were open anymore uh, because everything was, you know, everything was so crazy in California. Some of them you could eat outside in the stupid tent things they had you know because that somehow protected you um <laughs> but you had to like eat hot dogs and you know twizzlers and uh slim jims that you found in the gas station aisles and that was what got you through so um you know i once you figured out where some of these good truck stops were then you would try to plan your route accordingly so like okay i'll stop here for lunch and then i'll you know go a little further and, and i'll make sure that i'm here overnight so that i'm gonna have a decent bathroom stall that i can shit in and somewhere i can get breakfast in the morning before i hit the road but it's uh it, it's def it definitely takes a little while to figure out where they are and get the hang of it because you, you want to get the good ones if you get the shit ones it, it just sucks so this is what we need we need reed's almanac because <laughs> i have found a similar thing where you know if i repeat a drive that i've already done Maybe I explored a little bit on a previous drive. So, like, I know that there's a good diner here. I know that there's a fun town here. Um, I have criticized quite a few times that I, I despise highway signs because frequently they'll tell you that something exists, but now you got to drive four towns over, make three yeah. highway connections. Like, I try and cheat on my thing to see if I can see it on the map and how far off the highway it is. Or, like, frequently, like, I panic about having to get home. And I'll be like, all right, listen, I'll just hit the road and I'll find food and route. Or like I fantasize that I'm going to go into some town and find some perfect place to sit down and get work done. Or that I'm going to be able to pull in and I'll be able to see the beach or something. And I can't tell you how many times like I'm driving and I could see that like the water's right there. There's a mountain right there. But like I have no information whatsoever of where would be a good pull off. And as a person who's actually now done more road tripping through America than most, I can tell you that. More often than not, when you pull off the highway thinking this might be interesting, you realize it's just like private property and you basically have to get back onto the highway. It's not that easy to like, I mean, it's not impossible. It's not like I've never ventured off and seen an interesting city, but for every time I've ever found something, there's been 10 times where I was like, oh, this was a, this was a bad pull off. Yeah. Um, I've done traveling vo both in a truck and then, you know, just in my personal vehicle, I've actually... I've been to all 49 landlocked states in my pickup truck that I used to have before I got in an accident with it. Um, and I think I've driven across the country nine times now, not in a truck, but just in a car. Um, and, or it might even be more than that. Cause I went out skiing in Colorado a couple, I don't know. It's been a ton of times and it's a lot easier to find these places with a personal vehicle because it's just, you know, way smaller easier and to more maneuverable. You don't have to worry about the truck. Yeah, and uh, especially with this type of stuff I was hauling when I was trucking out west, it was all oversized, you know, uh, over height, over width, overweight. So there were so many restrictions on where you could go. 
there was this awesome port in California right outside of Oxnard. Um, it was Port Huanimi. And if you got down there, um, you know, after the port closed, but early enough that all the restaurants were open, you could park your truck basically right along the beach. And there was a nice seafood restaurant right there. You could watch the sunset um, right over, you know, the Pacific Ocean or whatever. Um, if you, you know, but but I had to go there like, uh, I don't know, three or four times before I figured out how to finesse that, how to get there at the right time of day, where you could park without getting kicked out by the police, you know, where was easy to park that was close enough to the restaurants to walk to, all this stuff. So a lot of it is, um, you're right, like we, I think there actually is an app, my brother was telling me about it, I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but it's actually basically um, what you're talking about, where it just, it's people have dropped a pin where it's a great place to park and you know what's nearby and what the views are like whether or not you have to pay for it um what size vehicle you can fit in it it does exist i'll see if i can find it on my phone what it was but uh while you're looking it up i'm curious to hear what was the truck accident uh over i overlander if you have an iphone that is the uh the app that my brother told me about um yeah, so it was actually the first time I met Clint in person uh, when we went to Freedom Fest in summer of 2021. So I was living in Salt Lake City and he was leaving San Diego. So he met me in Salt Lake and then we both drove our own vehicles to Freedom Fest. But we were in Cody, Wyoming, right after visiting Yellowstone because Clint had never been there. And we were both so we're in separate vehicles. He's in his vehicle. I'm in mine. And um we're driving through Cody and it's like 10 o'clock at night. So I can understand how this could have happened in the day when you're not really paying attention, but when it's night and you got headlights and everything and you're like bearing down on someone, you'd think they'd be able to see you. But Clint and I were uh, coming down this road going like 40 miles per hour. And there was a turning lane in the middle of the road. And there's a guy facing me who's turning left across my lane into a McDonald's. And so I saw him, but I'm coming down at 40 miles per hour. There's no way he's going to have time to turn in front of me. And then at the very last second, he just rolled right in front of me. And if uh, you see the pictures of my truck, he didn't even go early enough to hit the front of my truck. He sort of hit like the side of the front fender and... I love how you're giving this to me like I'm the insurance adjuster. Like you really have the story down. And that was your like, what, like you had like a Ford F-150 type truck or you're talking about like a hauling truck? No, this was a little 1994 Toyota pickup. Um, but it had a lot of sentimental value because I'd driven it to all 49 landlocked states. And because uh, I, I, when I was back in like 2015, 2016, I went to all 50 states, did like a two year long walkabout road trip thing, just going all over the place. And that was the truck I did everything in. And I'd replace the engine at 305,000 miles. So I'd like revamped it and everything was good to go. And then this 18 year old kid really wanted a Big Mac. So he just rolled in front of me and lucky he didn't, luckily he didn't kill me or himself, but (laughs) I was pretty pissed about my truck. I wanted to punch him in the face. (laughs) Yeah, I can understand that. Um, And all right. So you've done some long ass hauls. I'm curious to know what are Reed's favorite road snacks? Cause I, uh, I definitely, uh, I like snacking on the road. Uh, so I'm curious to know, cause it's definitely not easy to be healthy 
now you've got long because that you're bored you're eating you're noshing so i'm curious to know what were your go-to road snacks so honestly i just started chewing bubble gum because i Ooh. would eat too much on the road otherwise i, I needed something to take my mind off of it yeah just um, chew a lot of gum yeah so i i also like when i when you're going to these truck stops it's really easy to get fried food or pizza all the time um i had a pretty strict rule that i wouldn't eat fried food or pizza uh from a truck stop i'd always get grilled chicken if they had it or something like that or a cold sandwich um because i was sitting all the time and i didn't want to be 400 pounds um but uh when i'm like actually on the road i would uh i don't know skittles that was kind of that that was usually like what i would eat one bag of skittles a day or something like that um and then i'd mostly stop for actual meals but mostly bubble gum just so i wouldn't eat too much while i'm that's in the not driver's a bad seat. move. Bubblegum. I'm going to get into bubblegum lifestyle. Any bubblegum <laughs> suggestions? Like, would you go like the old school ones with the hubba bubba or whatever? You have to like actually. Oh, dude, those are it? those are so good, but they the flavor only lasts like five minutes. So, right. If and you do you go that way, just fucking like chopping <laughs> on it. Yeah, if you do go that way, you got to buy like twelve packs to get through a ten hour day because otherwise it's just you know it, it doesn't do it. Um. And then uh, the other stuff, if it's like that trident uh, spearmint stuff, that doesn't yeah, that's not uh, good. That's not what you want. Yeah. No, you want something because no. that it gets too small too quickly. You want something yeah. like the baseball player gum that you're really like fucking chomping on something. I understand that a hundred percent. I in road vehicle ping. I I I got to be honest. Sometimes on my road trips, I'm being a lady and I'm taking too many piss breaks. I'll fully admit to it. Now, sometimes the big thing, the big variable that I guess fucks me up is like sometimes I'm doing trying to do a workout before I get into the car type deal. And then I've like overly hydrated and now I got to pee a whole bunch or other times I'm just pounding coffee. And so sometimes I'm just I'm a frequent urinator. I actually prefer to be the driver so I don't have to be sitting there like being like, you might pull over. So, you know, I speed, I haul, I'm fucking weaving in and out between cars and then between my ADD when I take breaks and I like if I walk into a gas station, I just look at shit for too long. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll spend three minutes looking at a fucking fridge and just cursing at them for not having better seltzers. I'll be like, what's wrong with this state? They got no respect for seltzers. They don't have any seltzers. Then I'll be like, do they have this one cookie I like? Then they won't have it. So I'll read every single wrapper on the other cookie. I'm just saying I waste a lot of time on the road. And it's frequently because I, I'm pulling off looking for bathrooms. I'm curious to know, were you a pee-in-the-bottle kind of guy? What are the what are the tips and tricks for uh, shitting and pissing on the road? So, first of all, I'll say I didn't drink enough when I was a truck driver full-time. And I found this out because I got kidney stones, which are not Ooh, fun. So yeah, doesn't sound fun. Um, I mean, I remember in... Uh, about a year ago, I jumped in the truck and I drove straight for eight hours without stopping at all. Uh, six in the morning till two in the afternoon. And I remember getting there at two in the afternoon and realizing how easy it had been to just drive straight, uh, you know, eight hours straight. And I was like, that's probably not very healthy. Uh, right. Um, but uh, I, I think truckers get the between the dual tires uh, exemption for pissing. Like, I know that's illegal. In so some public places, in between your tires. Yeah, I think uh, it's understood that truckers are allowed to do that. You know, not that none of them have ever uh, gotten in trouble for it, but uh, that that was what I, I got away with it in a lot of places. Um, I never actually did the pee in the cup thing ever. 
I really, I mean, it's not something I'd be ashamed to admit, but I never had to. Um, I'd always find somewhere to do it between the tires or uh, not drink enough water and get kidney stones later on. So there you go. That um, was your commitment to not peeing yeah. within your vehicle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then I also, I find on these long trips, uh, I almost get into like 40 accidents on every trip because I'll be just scrolling through YouTube trying to find something to entertain myself. And uh, I'm also ADD. So like my YouTube is three minutes of this all right what else i got scrolling scrolling all right i'll live for 30 seconds i never download podcasts ahead of time sometimes i go with audiobooks and i pretend like i'm listening to them and then i just realize i'm falling asleep and not like <laughs> absorbing any of it so i move on uh so i'm curious on, on like your long trucking where you, you listen to country tunes you talking to yourself what, what were you doing to pass the time all of the above, man. Um, I tried to, I, I never made it all the way through it. What's that awful Rothbard book that's like a, a, the, the, the super long one? Um, shit. Uh, Man, Economy, and State, right? Isn't that the super, super long one? I have not read that one. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, I have not read, the... not read most of the better libertarian <laughs> literature. I So I had never read any of Rothbard's books until 2021 when I was like, okay, I guess if I'm going to be a libertarian podcaster, I got to actually read some of this stuff. Um, and that was the one I could never get through. And I tried to audiobook it, but I, f I forget how many hours long it is. And after like 20 minutes, I would realize I'm not retaining any of this or even listening. Also, <laughs> um, with... Like I, I did audiobook uh, Scott Horton's uh, Enough already um, and some stuff like that. Like I can audiobook if it's not too uh, painful, but a lot of like the mundane, like boring economic stuff, I, I just, you can't, you can only take so much of it. Um, I, and I gotta say, audiobooks have completely ruined my reading habits because um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I read probably like, two hours of like news a day, but also like I, I spaced out, I do pushups in between. So it's not like a necessarily like a focused two hours of reading. But like I, I read too much daily news, which is all bullshit. I used to yeah. be better about like having a planned time to read until I discovered audiobooks, And like, I was listening to them at like 1.3 speed and being like, this is matrixy shit. I'm just downloading this information into my brain. I remember nothing of what I listened to. More often than not, I realize I've spaced out for the last 20 minutes, and because I thought it was going to be more convenient, I stopped reading shit, because, like, I was like, oh, I'll just listen to these. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's devil. It's it's the devil right there, because it's just, it, it, it took away reading from me, because I thought it was more effective, and I don't think I've learned one thing. Yeah, I have always had that problem with reading a book. Like, I, I've never been into, I've never been the type of guy to just sit down and read a book for for leisure because my mind will just go somewhere else. I mean, I'm fine with reading articles, reading summaries, you know, reading, uh, I don't know if there's something I'm researching or whatever, but just like sitting down and reading uh, the catcher in the rye or something like this is not something <laughs> my brain right. is set up for. Um, but what, yeah, I mean, trucking, I, I would listen to audiobooks cause I could handle that listening to them. Um, and then music a lot of the time, and then also sometimes just nothing. I mean, I'd go for a couple hours just listening to the tires on the pavement. Um, and I don't know. I mean, you need a little bit of all of it. Like sometimes sometimes just too much of anything is too much and you just got to have a break. You got to mix it up. You know what? I, my favorite thing on uh, car rides is 
Well, sometimes I'll uh, I'll listen back to comedy sets if I don't put myself to sleep. Sometimes that really puts me to sleep. Uh, not a great sign, but it does. Um, it, then also sometimes I'll try and like uh, rant out the bits. I'll like record them, listen to them back. I've I've developed some material that way. Uh, but my personal favorite is I do try and line up my work calls when I'm in the car. Cause then like, I really, I, I, I don't mind them or, or even like just the catching up with friends calls. Um, those I like, all right. I got a question in the comments from Steve Oshie. What city has the best lot lizards? Oh man. I've only, I only ever saw three. Um, trying to remember where they were. One was in, um, Nevada. I'm trying to remember what city um ely ely nevada is where i saw one um saw one in denver colorado and one in um california i'm trying to remember what barstow california so i don't know i don't know what i i never i never uh facilitated any of them but <laughs> that was the only time i saw any all right i got uh two more questions for you Next is, I'm actually going to be in New Hampshire this Friday for a uh, oh, nice. state project event. Uh, I will let everyone know where they can go find this event. Hold on one second. Because they got um, nhlibertyforum.com. Is that something? Are you going to be at that? I'm unfortunately not. I wish I were. But Oh, uh, where are you headed? Uh, I'm going to New York, actually. Oh, look at that. What do you got brewing in New York? Uh, just some personal stuff. All right. How long are you in town for? Hit me up. Yeah, we're, you're down in uh, Connecticut, I'm right? in Connecticut, but I'm in New York City usually every Monday and Wednesday. I've got my own show every Wednesday at Cafe Bohemia, which is a cool little mm -hmm. jazz club. So I've been trying to put together a weekly show so I can work on some more uh, new material. And then Monday, I usually go in uh, for work, and sometimes I hit up Skank. So if you're around Monday or Wednesday, hit me up. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. And then last question for you. So do you have any more uh, trucking gigs lined up, or are you uh, – putting the truck in behind you more for uh power lines and the random odd jobs uh i definitely don't plan on putting it behind me i mean even at the working for the power line contractor i still move heavy equipment sometimes i'm driving a truck every day it's just not quite the same thing it's not you know 11 axles and 18 feet wide and crazy stuff like it was out west uh so i'm still i still got my foot in the door either way but um i do kind of miss trucking full-time because it's really hard to podcast and do this type of work because when you're in the truck you can you can kind of relax and decompress while you're working because you're just driving um you just have the occasional idiot that gets you a little riled up but for the most part it's pretty relaxing and then you can also listen to podcasts and you know take in information about what's going on during the day. You can't do that with what I do now. Like what yeah. I do now, you're you know hands on all day. You're literally exhausted. There's a different yeah. thing when you're physically exhausted from a long ass day. Yeah, I've only uh, I've only done four episodes of my show this year. Usually, uh, when I was trucking, I did like two or three episodes a week. So um, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see. It's a lot better money what I'm doing right now. I mean, I've made crazy, crazy money this year because of all the storms. But uh, I don't know. I uh, you know people ask me what's my five year plan. I don't even have a five month plan. So I get that. We'll all right, see well, what happens. I would like. Do you think if I were to just kind of do a spontaneous comedy tour and play truck stops, are there people there at night that if I just did a show, they'd be like, "Yeah, I'll check that out," or like, would that not work at all? Like, are there people at truck stop, like, 
are there some like bigger truck stops that there's just truckers that are like there for the night with absolutely nothing to do or is that not really a thing oh no i mean if you got if you went to like the iowa 80 truck stop in uh iowa uh there's always people there and if you advertised it ahead of time i bet i bet you could get a, a crowd i mean it depends on the truck stop like if right. you go in the middle of the day to some random truck stop in the middle of, you know, uh, Illinois or something out in the field, like you're probably probably going to fall flat. But there are some that are really big and have traffic all the time. And if you're there, you know, at like eight o'clock at night or something, I bet you could get people to come. I would love to do a truck stop tour, like just haul with someone. Now, you let me know the next time you're on a long haul. I can just ride around, bring a speaker do 8 p.m. shows even for nothing it would just be fun maybe for a couple nights i don't know that i'd like to, like to make that my life but it, it could be it, you know summer porch tour has just been a weird one and it's been an absolute blast it was just a thought and it's been the coolest and i do i mean the comedy clubs you're not going to beat the comedy clubs it's awesome showing up having packed out rooms the uh the acoustics all the logistics taken care of but then there's also something to the tailgate comedy, which is just, hey, we're in the parking lot, but I got the speaker and whatever, you know? Yeah, man, if you do the truck stop tour, I'd love to uh, at least go to a couple of those with you. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, maybe we'll get that off the ground. You float yeah. down to the universe and who knows, like summer porch tour. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll end up with a <laughs> truck stop tour. All right. That's oh, yeah. all I got. Thank you for hanging out tomorrow. I will be back with a, uh, with a brand new, not brand new episode. It will be. Uh, a condensed version of what was supposed to happen today. Uh, I'd also like to prog yokratum.com, uh, home of the $60 kilo. And then, Reed, I give it to you. What What do you got? What do you got to plug? Uh, yeah, just uh, my my Twitter is back, so go follow me at Reed Coverdale. It's been gone a year and a half. Finally got it back. Um, and then uh, you can check out my, uh, my podcast, which is The Naturalist Capitalist. It's on YouTube, Rumble uh odyssey spotify apple Podcasts, all your audio streams and uh yeah go to new hampshire liberty forum on friday even though i won't be there and i'll uh robbie will cross paths at some point look forward to seeing you hell yeah i'm curious to do this event because i uh, all of my political stuff i put out with my end of year so now i'm really just telling my filthy club jokes and uh We'll see. We'll see how that does with the. I know up there they. It's kind of like the home team, and they actually like more of the political and libertarian jokes. But uh, on this one, they're just getting the filthy late night jokes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, Reed. Always a pleasure. Uh, maybe I'll catch you in the city, and if not, hopefully uh, we'll do another Florida porch tour. Could happen. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Peace. <laughs>